It's Saturday night, another episode of the PC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, how's it going? How's your week been? Oh, so slow. My <laughs> God. Oh, no. It's, it's, like I've, it's like I've been rolling in quicksand. So is it feel, <sighs> has it felt like Groundhog Day or Groundhog Week? Yes, exactly. Um, because it was just like, holy crap. Um, but no, nah, I mean, we'll, we'll be, I mean, it'll be all right, but you know, it's just, we're, we're still in the, in the middle of doing, uh, recovery from my mom, my dad got sick, so it was just a lot of stuff. Uh-oh. when did that happen? Um, so he started getting sick three days ago, and, uh, he, he feels much better today, but the last, the last two days have been just absolutely, uh miserable friend so suffice suffice to say that you and seeing your face and and talking to our lovely uh listeners is the highlight of my week (laughs) and uh, my week's uh been well i guess things are happening here with everything going on in Ottawa, I don't know what's going on there. They say things are happening, but I don't know. The media is just stupid anyway. But other than that, I'm happy because I got to get out of the house. The library is open again. So I got oh, to hang out there cool. for a couple of hours. Right. Very good. Did you have to wear a mask? Yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, well, actually, I found a way around that, though. See, what I do is, when I go in, of course, I have to wear the mask because I'm going up up the steps to the, and I pass the main desk where you check out. Yeah. Right. But then I go downstairs to use my iPad because they have the power bars built into the tables. So they right. have a desk right as soon as you go downstairs, they have a desk there. That's where I just sit there and take my mask off and I just do whatever. Very good. And then I just, I just hide, like, in case someone comes downstairs and they see me, I just, like, make sure I'm, I'm, like, uh, it looks like I still have it on. <laughs> because it is, it's terrible. Because like, I wear one of those black ones, they're kind of, like, tight. It's, it's like you can't yeah. really, like, when, when you're talking, it sounds like muffled. Yeah. Okay, and I can't do that. It's just it's so uncomfortable. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I agree with you. So, but it felt good getting out of the house for a couple of hours. Well, but to your to your point, see, that's what I'm, that's what I'm struggling with because I haven't been I haven't been out of the house since uh, Monday. Is that where? Is that uh, when you went to do your workout? Yeah. Now, do you, do you, how does that work? Do you go, like, whenever you, whenever you feel up to it, or do you have a schedule? I have a schedule. Oh, okay. So, like, so, it's Mondays and... Uh, Fridays. Mondays and Fridays. Very good. So, um, I see we're done with this show. Very good. Yes. Let's not keep our listeners waiting any longer. They're, they're, I'm sure they're tired of hearing about our lives. <laughs> yes, it, there's no quarantine on this show, There's and there's a no-mask mandate. Yes, all mandates are done on this show. They never existed. 
Well, that's that's why they call us the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast because we're not politically correct. Yes, sir. All right, so let's get into Monday Night Raw. What do you think of this show? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no? I was not impressed at all. <laughs> Highlights and the lights were just low light. Low so, lights. um... Highlights was uh, was the opening. I believe it was the opening segment. The next um, the next phase of the academic uh, challenge between. Oh, you like that? Yeah, I, I actually. Yeah, you know what? I I, I I like that. See, because you know what? That's real. We used to have we we actually used to have those in school. Like we had this thing called the W five H club. And for our fans, the W5H, that's a who, what, where, when, why, and how. So they call it the W5H Club, and they used to have these quizzes, like, for real. Like, people used to actually study this stuff and prepare for these. Yeah, well, you know, but the thing is, um, the thing that I like the most about these is um, Chad Gable. He really makes them. Shush! Exactly. My my 4.0 GPA. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, but he's so so good. And, you know, I I saw something online the other day, and I I really have to say, as sad as it was, um, I agree with with it, because they they were saying that if, if Gable was just a few inches taller, he would have been world champion. And I agree because he he has very. Why can't why, uh, why why can't he be world champion now? Well, because you know WWE bucks these motherfuckers. No, but I'm saying why if he were a few inches taller, why can't he be WWE champion now? Why does he have to be a few inches taller just to be champion? Um, the, well, because you know how uh, WWE has like. Their mold for the perfect WWE I know, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm saying I think it's stupid. He, he, he can be champion. Yeah, if Rey Mysterio can be world champion, Chad Gable can. You, well, I agree. So, but, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's world title material, but I'm just saying I'm, I'm glad that he's getting the chance to show what he can do because this is such a step up from the... Um, from the Shorty G gimmick. Who came up with that? I have no fucking clue. Because that, that, that was terrible. If I ever did know, I would I would want to have a, a very loud conversation with that individual. <laughs> Alright, so... Is that it for your high points? Uh, and then... Oh, what was it? Um, and then... Uh, Kevin Owens had a had a rematch from the previous week with uh, with um, awesome Austin Theory, theory. Yep. Um, which which I I appreciated. That was another um, that was another really good match. I'll give that a high point for sure. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, and as we talked about last week, I disagreed with with. Theory getting the win in the first place. So as much as I typically hate 50-50 booking, in this occasion, um, or on this occasion, 
Um, I I was happy that Owens got his win back. But the the rest the rest of this show is just low low point after low point after low point. Um, and just to, just to give you my um, ultimate low point. Oh. I I really just don't un- I really don't understand this at all. Um Bianca Belair versus Nikki Ash. I hate I hate doing that, but this this yeah. is just terrible. And then, you know, also not the harp on the women's division, but I didn't think Liv Morgan versus Dewdrop was good at all. No, um, is that a fatal point, sir? Yes. What so did you have? For my high points, I had um, Damien Priest and AJ Styles, and I had Owens and Theory. Very good high points. And for low points, pretty much the same as you, but I'm going to add one more. Miz TV. Oh, God. You know, and just for uh, just for um, future reference, Elio, if there's ever a Miz TV segment on Raw and I forget to mention it, can we just have the understanding that uh, that it, the Miz TV is an automatic low point? Yep. <laughs> because, it, because it is. Uh, not that we want to do it, because uh, we, we don't... We want to miss to like succeed, but uh, no, he's it, it, just not doing it for anyone. No, definitely not. All right, so is that what we have for all? We have for Raw. Yes, sir. All right, on to NXT, which Ben, I know you don't watch, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna go through my high points and low points. Actually, I'm gonna put a question to you for NXT oh. that we discussed earlier today. Oh then, boy! After I go through my high points, low points, um, but I'll show you talk about. Go, you know how they do the camera cuts. Oh my God! You mean you mean my weekly headaches? They yeah. they 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 tried something new on NXT. They yeah. tried having a cameraman right in the ring. Oh God! Inside the ring during the match. How, how does that work out? How can anybody have a match if that, there's that, a that, 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 standing the most, in the middle of it? That's the most dangerous thing I've ever heard of. I don't like. Um, I know you don't watch it, but uh, I don't even know what which uh, part of the show they tried it out in. But it's just bad idea there. Yeah. So I'm gonna go with for my high points. I went with the Creed Brothers versus the Grizzled Young Veterans. Creed Brothers move on to the finals of the Dusty Classic next week. And and who do you, and who do you think wins that? I want to see the I'm going with the Creed Brothers. You know, on every on I believe two separate occasions. I think I think it's going to be uh, the Creed Brothers versus um, MSK. I believe. Yeah. Well, and I just think that. Um, I just think that uh, the Creed brothers are missing something for me. I mean, I, there's a lot that I don't like about um, about NXT, so I'm not gonna rail on the Creed brothers. But if you if you're asking me to pick between the Creed brothers and MSK, 
Definitely MSK. Uh-huh. So my other uh, high point was the Santos Escobar Brown Breaker uh, uh, Championship, whatever, which uh, we saw Sadov Ziggler show up. Which what this... is now? Now I I saw some of this clip on YouTube. Okay. Because because I just I couldn't help myself. I was I was flummoxed as to why Dolph Ziggler would appear on NXT, but yet all of these talented motherfuckers formerly on NXT got released, but now we need Dolph Ziggler. And, you know, probably for me to go on rant, but you know how I feel about Dolph Ziggler. I mean, I'm a huge fan, but just the way that he's been booked, I've been conditioned not to give a fuck. So my, my question coming off of that uh, to you, Professor, is... Why Why put Dolph Ziggler, of all people, in this position? Because s- certainly if you have Santos Escobar versus Braun Breaker, I'm not, I'm not seeing where Dolph Ziggler fits into that. Right, because what, you're going to give, you're going to have Dolph Ziggler to go after Braun Breaker's title? But at the, main, at the same time, it doesn't even make sense that you have him in a mini-feed with Tommaso Ciampa. You know, I, you know, you have to wonder if, if somebody in NXT goes up to Bruce and Vinny Mac and like, uh, excuse me, you, you decrepit old bitches. Is, is anybody aware of what we're doing here? Have you, have you read what you put on paper? Decrepit old bitches. What the fuck? <laughs> well, it's just... You know, but from what you're explaining to me, you have Braun Breaker and Santos Escobar in the ring. And, and you know, I actually saw this clip, so I, I, I saw it play out. Um, and it just doesn't make any sense. It's like, um, it's like uh, somebody's accountant getting, getting, a, getting an opportunity to be on a wrestling show. That's how relevant... Dolph Ziggler is in this scenario. And then I also said it, I also said it today, um, Dolph Ziggler's been there since 2004, he's been everything from a caddy to a freaking male cheerleader, and every time it seems that they put him in a program, after that they have no idea what to do with him, and this is just another example. Where does he go after this? Uh, back to his comedy shows? I just, I, I, and while he's doing this, what are they going to do with Robert Roode? You know, the, 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 the fact that I'm, I'm stuttering because I'm just so upset. You know, that is a very good question, sir. And one to which I desperately want to know the answer to. Um, you know, Tony alluded to the fact that... Uh, Robert Roode might be happy just to ride out his career as one and a half of the Dirty Dogs. Um, And be that as it may or may not. Um, I certainly don't want to see Robert Roode finish his career as part of the Dirty Dogs because if you look at this guy, he has the potential to be so much more. Why not put him in the Intercontinental or... United States title hunt, but even as I say that, I'm going to contradict myself just based off of uh, 
WWE logic, not, not Pierce logic. You know, when's the last time they made either of those titles feel important? So I, I don't know. Exactly. Um, I'll, but, I'll, tell you, I'll, I'll tell you right now. I'm looking at his uh, page right now. The man's 45 years old. Yeah, and you, you know, but it sucks that he has to that he has to go through this ben, because ben, ben. yeah. I'll be right back. I just gotta go grab the plug to plug my pad in. Yeah, so it, it really sucks about uh, Bobby Roode. Uh, while Elio sets aside, he's so upset with the reality of the situation here. Um, because let me tell you something, folks. Bobby Roode is a far cry from his glorious days in NXT. And, um, you know, I know, pardon the pun, but, um, you know, Robert, Robert Roode or Bobby Roode or whatever he goes by now, um, just he should be so much better than what he is. But then, then again, you look at how they're treating people that are 15 years younger than him. You know, I mentioned the United States title picture. Um, you know, we got we got that t- that title stuck on uh, Damian Priest, and I'm not saying Damian Priest doesn't deserve to be uh, champ. It's not that he doesn't deserve to be champion. It's what it's what they're doing with their title situations that are making these titles and by extension the wrestlers that hold them seem irrelevant because to, to me uh, both Bobby Roode and Damian Priest um, are examples of um, WWE main roster casualties that Elio and I have ranted on and on about for years on this show so you know that's all I gotta say about that and but if, if anyone's confused over what I just said, um, I don't really blame you because I'm confused by the logic I had to put out to try to make uh, NXT in its current uh, form make sense because, you know, I just, I don't get it. I, I, I will pose this question again and again until somebody gives me a uh, coherent answer. And that is, what is this version of NXT accomplishing that the old black and gold NXT wasn't? Because I'll, I'll tell you something, from my perspective, the answer is absolutely fucking nothing. You know, so um, while, uh, while we're waiting for um, Elio's return from his... Um, iPad sabbatical, and and here he is. Here's the man himself, back under the headphones as he's untangling his wire. Uh, I will give you a play-by-play of Elio's movements until he gets back on the air because that is certainly more entertaining than what they have on the NXT roster. So, you know, um, Elio, I'm so glad you... uh, you returned because I had to. Um, I had to flap my gums for an inordinate amount of time to, to try to make NXT 2.0 booking make sense. You're you're muted there, buddy. Oh oh, he's 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, He's, uh... No, no, there, there we go. It was just at the at the maximize screen. Okay, very good. Okay, so yeah, we're back. He was saying you had to explain booking. I had to. I have to try to make sense of these booking decisions on NXT 2.0. Because, uh, you know, before you stepped aside, we were discussing Bobby Roode and how he, yeah. he should be positioned so much higher. And and how... the, like I said, the man's 45 years old. Come on. Like, uh, you're going to have him end it, end it this way. It, it's just sad. And you know, you know who falls under that same category? Who's and, and I bring this up for a reason. Okay. Shinsuke Nakamura. So speaking, and the reason I bring up Nakamura in this situation uh, is because SmackDown for next week has already been uh, recorded. Yep. Because of the trip to uh, you know the the Saudi shit show, um, and um, and it was revealed that the master manipulator uh, Sami Zayn. Who has the who has the worst talk show segment since Miz TV? Uh, <laughs> is now the new Intercontinental Champion. I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy for him though that he's the champion because they I, they weren't doing they weren't doing anything with that. Well, absolutely, and I, I am too. For I'm very happy about that for that reason. I believe um, for at least a few months. Uh, Shinsuke had a hand injury, um, but then again, if she was unable to uh, unable to defend the belt, then what, then just take the belt off of him because it used to be that if a champion couldn't defend their title in 30 days, the title would be taken off of them because titles used to be too prestigious to be to be stuck in quicksand. For for thirty days, let alone months at a time, in this current WWE climate. Hey Bruce, hey Vince, wake the fuck up from your naps. <laughs> some, somebody get these bitches some apple juice for some carbohydrates, motherfuckers. <laughs> okay, uh, my third highlight high point. Is Mandy Rose versus Kaylee Ray for the NXT Women's Championship? However, Kaylee Ray and I have a bit of heat. Why is that? Because I'm very upset with what she did to Mandy Rose a couple of weeks back—a perfectly good bowl of spaghetti was wasted when she dumped it on Mandy Rose. I'm very upset. I'm sorry, Kaylee Ray. We have heat. I'm sorry. I I'm so waiting for an apology. Yeah, Elio, your your Italian side is showing, my friend. <laughs> you're, you're, um, you're you're giving me flashbacks to your mother showing the shit out of me. <laughs> your, your, your face is turning more red than uh, Mandy Rose suffering from spaghetti sauce. <laughs> <laughs> is that red from anger? Exactly. Okay, now um, okay, now on to my little points. Wendy Chu versus Tiffany Stratton. Oh, oh God! Was that match in existence? That that yeah, that match happened on this past week's NXT. 
Are the, now, let me ask you something, because the last, the last time I saw these two, they were they were in a storyline of a credit card. Is that still the case? No, because um, uh, well, I think uh, I think it was I forget who it was that was supposed to be Wendy Chu, and um, she um didn't Wendy Chu won, so apparently uh. She didn't get the credit card. Wendy Chu took took the credit card and uh, bought all this expensive stuff. God. So I don't know where they're going with this. What, what did you? What did she, I, I what did it, she buy? She bought like bags of clothes and stuff, but I don't know if this storyline's well, over. No, she didn't. She didn't buy pajamas and onesies and five hundred dollars oh, and shit. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she did. <laughs> God. Yeah. This gimmick sucks. You know, I just, you know, we, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. Throughout the annals of wrestling history, we've seen terrible gimmicks a la Duke the Dumpster, the fashion booger. We had, uh. <laughs> what? You, you, you remember those characters? We've had, um. Oh, who who was who was the one that um, the Brooklyn Brawler used to play when he um, uh, when he painted his face like a baseball? Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Um, yes. So we we've had those situations. We had Mantar. Um, Mantar. We had uh, we had Friar Ferguson. You know the gobbledygooker. You know. <laughs> Rest in peace to the dignity of Hector Guerrero, for fuck's sake. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it's not like we're not acquainted with WWE stupidity, but come on now. So, but you know, like, this like, character... No! It's, 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 it's kind of different. It's something we've never seen before. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's stupid. Is, is, is she a Disney princess or a professional wrestler? Good God! But um, <laughs> but but worse than that is uh, Tiffany Stratton. I'm just uh. uh well, I agree. I I don't understand where they're going with Tiffany Stratton. Now my next one is Pete Dunne versus Draco Anthony. Was that a high point or a low point? A low point. Okay. So because first of all, I don't even know who this Draco Anthony is, but neither this, do I. This match wasn't very good. And the final one, LA Knight defeating Sa- LA Knight versus Sanga. And if yeah. you don't know who Sanga is, that is uh, the name of Grayson Waller's bodyguard. Yeah, well, actually, I I did I did know that from watching um, NXT a few weeks ago in preparation for my appearance. No, on, but no, I I, I didn't know his name. I didn't know his name though. I just knew that, that was uh, one of the members of Indusher. I, I think I think they just recently christened him as Sanga. Well, that's an awful name. I, I, I know. It was like, where did they come up with this bullshit? <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so that's all I have for NXT this week. We're going to move on to Ben for AEW Dynamite. What do you have for us, sir? So this was actually a very um, in- enjoyable show, I thought. Um, and, uh, the, uh, by default, the high point has to be Keith Lee's debut in, uh, AEW, 
he threw poor Isaiah Cassidy all the way across the ring. I'll tell you what, this guy got more hype than Montez Ford on a frog splash. I mean, good God. <laughs> I, 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 I saw, I saw where, he, uh, where he threw Cats. And, like, I had to rewind. I'm like, who is he? The, like, the way he threw him across the ring. Yeah. And then, um, and then the other high point I had was uh, the world title death match main event. Um, Hangman Page versus Lance Archer. Um, that was really, really cool. Um, one, because it put Hangman Page back on the map because I, I feel like he's had a very underwhelming reign so far and has kind of disappeared since his, uh, since his set of matches with Daniel Bryan. And then, um, but the one thing that, that confuses me, uh, Elio, and maybe you can shed some light on this, why is it that both Jake the Snake Roberts and Dan Lambert are managing Lance Archer? I thought Jake kind of passed the torch to Dan Lambert. I have no idea. Um, unless uh, there's like some sort of a working uh, partnership between America Top Team and Lance Archer, and I have no answer there. But I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't know what. I'm, I'm not being a smartass, but I'm, I'm legitimately... No, I don't know. Um, I have no answer for you. Curious, because I don't see Lance Archer having connections to MMA. No. So, that's a little confusing. And then, um, the low point uh, for, for me there was... Um, oh, and, oh, oh, before we get to low points, I have to mention um, that... Uh, the inner circle segment was fantastic. I really love that. Yeah, sir, yeah. Uh, and then, um, actually, Elio, could you pause? Um, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. So, uh, now that we're back, after some very illuminating conversation with my co-host, we can now return to our low points for AEW. Um, and it pains me to have to say this, but I will have to say uh, Serena Deeb's match with Katie Arquette. Uh, I'm not... Bad, uh, bad, bad. No, that was not good. No. And then, um, my, my other, uh, my other low point was, um, was the Blade versus Warlow. Now, before before anybody jumps my uh, jumps down my throat here, um, let me f- explain why. I understand what they're trying to do with Warlow and 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 the slow burn story of of what is what is obviously going to be his face turn against MJF. Which, which also coincides with um, with MJF's feud with CM Punk, which I think will culminate at uh, Revolution. I think that's when we're going to see the face turn uh, happen for Warlow. But, but I'm really very confused about why they keep doing squash matches with Warlow. 
because I think I think Wardlow is so much better than that. You know, I wasn't really sold on him uh, at the beginning, but he's really grown on me. But the way the way that they're booking his matches, at least I'm not talking about the storyline, but the way that they're booking his matches, it's almost like Ryback 2.0. Yep. And I'm 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 like, no, 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 don't go there. Don't, please don't go there. Um, and then actually, I forgot this is a high point, but I, I found this extremely, um, extremely uh, fascinating. So we get into a promo featuring Penta and um, Malachi Black. Well, it was um, it was Penta talking about Malachi Black, and apparently Penta was in the. So when was that? Uh, I must have missed that part. So yeah, it was it was a promo package of, um, of Penta digging up his old mask in a graveyard. No, I mean, um, uh, when did when did that take place on the show? Like after what match? That that was right after the Blade versus Warlow. Oh, okay. So uh, okay, I must have missed that. Or they probably didn't either that, or they probably didn't show it here. Well, if if they didn't show it there, I don't know what the fuck they're doing because that was that was a very uh, that was a very entertaining part but, of the show. Uh, we yeah, we have no control over what they do here with these channels, like. My uh, Dynamite and uh, NXT and SmackDown sometimes they cut off before the show is even over. I I have I have noticed that sometimes even here. So interesting. Um, and then that's pretty much. Oh, and then one more thing, if I could, if I could. Um, let me talk about the TBS Championship match between Jay Cargill and AQA. Okay, uh, before you do, do you know who AQA is? No, I'm not. Okay, she was in NXT. She wrestled under the name Zeta Ramir. Oh, that's her. Okay. Uh, that's her. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Um, well, I was, I was extremely impressed with her, which is why I'm not going to call this a... Uh, uh, low point because you usually anything with Jay Cargill in, in ring wise, I'm gonna call a uh, low point because, because, like, as we've said ad nauseum, um, but it's gonna bear repeating until she gets better. Jay Cargill has everything it's gonna take to be a major star, minus the in ring work, she really needs to work in that area. And I think, um, I think that um, if if she does that, she can she can do something really special. But right now, she's just a female Goldberg. I've been uh, watching Dark. Oh, really? Because on February fifth, they uh, did two sets of tapings. Well, they yeah they did uh yeah two set two tapings and um. On one of them, Marina Shafir defeated Danielle Camilla Cam- or Camilla. Um, AKA da- Vanessa Bourne. Vanessa Bourne. My, Vanessa my, Bourne made her debut. My I have a crush on Vanessa Bourne. I just don't know why they made her lose to Marie, Marina Shafir. Uh, uh, and I'll tell you what. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, and Elio as well, because I'm talking directly to Elio. 
Because his face is superimposed on my fucking computer at the moment. (laughs) 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 Is it just me? Or or is NXT turning into AEW's, um, you know, recruiting ground? I mean, good lord. Well, um... Yeah, like good Draco Anthony. That's uh, that's someone I've never even heard of. So. Yeah, I mean, no, we got we got Keith Lee, we got um, the former Zena Ramirez, we got Marina Shafir. So is this your um? So are you done with the low points or? A- absolutely. Oh wait, what, uh, what my, are yours? Sorry. Oh uh, yeah, mine was. Uh, and unfortunately, it was uh, Jade Cargill, AQA, because Jade Cargill just needs a lot of work, like you said. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. My high points were the Lance Archer, um, Adam Page match. Right on, man, right on. Um, now, okay, here's my question. Going back to NXT, because I said I was supposed to ask you, and I forgot after, to do that, we, could, we just moved on to AEW. Yeah. I put this question out on TikTok for the for POV. Uh, this is our weekly uh, hot ta- hot tag news. Right. Carmelo Hayes. Ben, does Carmelo Hayes need Trick Williams by his side? Yes or no? No. Absolutely not. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely no. I put this out on TikTok. I'm gonna, are, you, are you ready for these numbers? I don't know. 43% said yes, he needs Trick Williams by his side. Well, 57% said no. Okay, well, at least at least the majority of people are fucking smart. But that 43%, oh boy, you need some work. <laughs> you know, because it's like, um, it's like, you know what Trick Williams reminds me of? The 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 parrot from uh, from, <laughs> from Aladdin. Oh, oh, oh my god, yo, okay, today, right, when I was giving my... Yago, that's his name, honestly, what's his name? Yago from Aladdin. Today when I was giving my take on, uh, my answer to that question, I yeah. said, I, I literally said, Trick Williams sounds like a parrot repeating everything that comes from what he says. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, I did. I have not heard uh, this show that Elio is referring to. Uh, that was just that was me completely uh, independently stating my opinion. But yes, it's like he's like Yago talking back to Jeff R. Yeah, it's so just seriously. Just, good God, go away already. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so is that a trade we then? Yes, sir. All right, on to SmackDown, I believe. Oh, God. Okay, well, well, at least, ladies and gentlemen, I can guarantee you this will be a short situation Um, because there's only one high point, and the rest of it we don't even have to talk about because it doesn't warrant it. Yes, yeah, so I, I bet I'm, I'm sure I know what your high point is. Uh, Charlotte Flair versus Naomi was my high point. Yeah. And um, let, me, let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Naomi may have just had her best effort in WWE. And um, 
You know, and we go in on WWE on booking decisions a lot, and for good reason. Um, but um, my question is this, and, and all credit to, to uh, Naomi and Charlotte for pulling out one badass match. Because usually I don't have very very many positive things to say about Charlotte Flair, even though before the internet sims jump on me, I have always said she's a very, very good wrestler. This is everything else I hate. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this match was Naomi's best uh, ever, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, it really, if she's capable of doing this, where has she been for the last four years? Yeah, no, let me add, add another one. You don't like Anita and Los Sotarios? No. Why not? Because because I don't understand why all of a sudden we're supposed to take Los Sotarios seriously as a challenge as a challenger to a tag team that likes of New Day when previous to this they were jobbers on Raw talking about Los Sotarios and now all of a sudden they're supposed to be featured as a big deal. Now, that's not saying that's not saying I don't think uh, Angel Garza Angel Garza or Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo God my apologies um, <laughs> uh, are not extremely talented and couldn't be a big deal in the future. It's just they need to be booked to, correctly in order to reach the point of the position where they can go face to face with the new day and have me take it seriously. I just like that uh, they beat the new day because I'm so sick of these guys. Well, yeah, we, we were gonna get into that in uh, the um, in the Ben's homework corner, the return of Ben's homework corner. Absolutely, it's been a while. All right, uh, is that it for uh, SmackDown? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, my uh, high points: uh, Charlotte, Naomi, and. Um, Everything else. The insane, that was terrible. The, okay. the, um, okay. the uh, Goldberg interview. Okay, you know what? Wait, oh, before we do that, Roman Reigns, did you see Paul, Paul Heyman, the IC was making that rage? Uh, no, I'll have to go back and take oh, a look. Just for, just for that segment, go back, you'll see what we're talking about on, on the other show when we say Paul Heyman's googly eyes. Just the, the the look he was like he was looking at Roman Reigns with these dreamy eyes like. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find that on YouTube right now. <laughs> on the fly research and um, you know what? Do you want me to take Rampage? Uh, yeah, I can do that. No, I'm saying, do you want me to take Rampage while you're looking that up? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. All right, so. <laughs> Rampage wasn't any better, I'm telling you. No, no, it really wasn't. I, I said the same thing. I can't believe Rampage is still thing for... Like, okay, I gave my high points. I gave the Jurassic Express versus the Gun Club and Rapongi Vice versus the Young Bucks. Uh, I 100% agree about, um, about Rapongi Vice and, uh, and, um, or no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I meant to say the, um, 
Jurassic Express. Jurassic Express, yes. It's no, but uh, do you like what do you think of Rapongi Vice? Um, I haven't seen enough of them to render an opinion. To okay. tell you the truth. So I heard about them through ROH and then um I saw them more in um NJPW. Yeah, I know I know they're an, they're an NJPW uh tag team and I know uh, Rocky Romero is a big deal in uh, in New Japan because they they were highlighting that um, that he is a uh, Grand Slam champion in New Japan and he frequently teams with another NJPW star Raisuke Taguchi um, known as the Funky Pickle I'm saying the Funky Pickle what the fuck is that? that he literally has that written on the back of his uh, trunks. Oh my god. <laughs> this, this guy uh, walks, he comes out to the ring wearing like a coach's helmet. He's always like drawing different plays like you go here and you do this and then I'm going to do this and then you do that. Oh Christ. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. And my, my, my low point was Hook versus Blake Lee. I agree. Thank you. Now, Ben, you, a couple of weeks ago you said Hook made you a fan. Come on. Do you still think that? Yes. And, and um, But to your point, I have, I have something I would like to add. Okay. Yes, I am a huge Hook guy. Okay. Um, so however, you're, So you're a hooker. Exactly. Although I'm a classy hooker, okay. I'm a I'm a high class bitch. Ow, what? But, uh, exclusive. Exactly. Um. So, so I would like to see hook against established stars now. I don't. I don't want to see him against. Um, uh, enhancement talent and trainees anymore. But what about that thing that, that that one part of the match where the guy came off top rope and like he just stood up and stood there while they got landed on the mat? Well, you know? I mean, we, we we've seen that kind of stuff before. That didn't piss me off because if you go back and you look at um, like Samoa Joe, he's famous for walking away from people while they're on the top rope. Yeah, but Hook's not Samoa Joe. No, no, I'm not, and uh, trust me, I'm not comparing the two. But no, was, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like he's he's on Samoa Joe, like he should, like Samoa Joe can do that. But Hook, <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I to be determined on that particular point because I like, I really like Hook. Okay. And I, right. I, and I haven't seen him do it enough. To where it would be a problem to me. If it was just uh, that one spot, then that's fine. If it becomes a habit, then yeah, yeah. Then, then my my other low point is Britt Baker versus Robin Renegade. Yeah. Again, I, again, why 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 do you have your women's champion facing enhancement talent on Rampage? Exactly. My that's my exact question. God, I, God, I love how we think so. 
similarly about so, pro wrestling. So Rampage uh, this week, uh, I just now, that, that was I, a swing and a miss. I still don't know how Rampage is like uh, existing. But then again, Impact Wrestling is still hanging in there. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, Rampage is nowhere near the level of, a, of an Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling is, I'll tell you what, it's, it's, they pulled a Houdini out of their ass for Impact Wrestling to still exist. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand that. Um, okay, so, bitch, find that YouTube video? Uh, no, I couldn't find it, but I'll go, I'll go back on, uh, on the air, because I still have SmackDown in my DVR. Alright, yeah, do that, and then, uh, yeah, and then you can message me off, and, and tell me if you uh, noticed uh, that one part. You're talking, you're talking, and this is from last night, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I'll go back and take a look. I was watching it at 1 o'clock this morning, and, I, and as soon as I look over and I see Paul Heyman, I'm, I'm like, I, sp- <laughs> I, I literally spit out my drink. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Now I have to clean, I have to clean the floor at, like, 1 a.m. Can we can we also acknowledge talking about SmackDown again? That Goldberg should no longer be allowed to talk. <laughs> Please. See what I'm saying? Like Michael, you've known me a long time. I don't think anything personal, so just ask to go away. Like, uh, and Michael, Michael Goldberg, you and I have known each other for many years. Uh, no, you haven't. Fuck off. <laughs> what? He came back in 2017. You know, you know, with him previously. <laughs> the, the, the only other time Michael Cole and, um, and uh, Goldberg had crossed paths was 2003 during Goldberg's first one. Shut the fuck up. Okay. You and I have known each other for years. No, you haven't. And then, and then on top of that, did you hear... Did you hear Goldberg say to Michael Cole, I love you like a brother? Fuck <laughs> 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 <Talk> right off. <laughs> okay, but uh, actually, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking on my phone right now. This just popped up in notifications. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about Killer Cross. Oh, that he signed with the MLW? He's, he's back in MLW. That is where he was before he signed with the WWE. He was there for like one week and I... They, they showed his debut after he would already signed with WWE. So they already taped his match after he left the company. Like, well, before he left the company, they uh, and they showed his match after he left. That's interesting. So he wasn't even with MLW when they showed his uh, first match in MLW. Alright, well hopefully, you know, I don't, I don't think he'll be there long. I think Killer Cross is too big of a deal. And, and that's not disparaging to MLW, because I, I don't know their product well enough to make a statement about that. Now, I, I've asked you this in the past. Have you, have you gotten to see anything? Uh, no. And, and, part, and part of that is my fault, Elio, because, you know, 
you you know I love wrestling. Despite despite the bitching and complaining that we do in WWE's direction primarily, I really do love pro wrestling. That's why I talk so passionately about this, and people are probably like, get a life, you know, get do something. But uh, I don't really care. Um, you're, you're the one listening to our show. So. Well, I mean, tell, tell, tell you something about that off air. But, uh, but okay. But, but anyway, um, so, so this podcast requires us to spend a lot of time uh, watching wrestling. And, um, and, you know, because of that, some of the stuff that I would like to see just becomes a casualty because sometimes after, after this podcast concludes I just I just need to unplug for like two days from anything professional wrestling because like my week is so focused on that because we try to make this show as good as we can obviously um and uh speaking of that I think this is a good segue we had a uh, massively successful um day yesterday on the show um and we weren't even on the air. Elio, 68 people came to check us out yesterday. Wow. Thank you. That, that, I tell you, every time you message me off air and you tell me these numbers, I'm like, I'm just amazed. Yeah, actually, actually, I'll correct myself. 68 people checked us out this week, and we got 49 plays yesterday. Wow. So, thank you very much. Uh, we will continue to pump out the content for you. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a lot of fun doing this show, and uh, last week was certainly a good week for us. Um, but um, but I, I got I to gotta tell you, man, Elimination Chamber, oh boy. Huh? That's going to be a problem. So, is uh, are we done with our Rampage? Yes, sir. That's a perfect segue because we have the return of Ben's homework corner. Absolutely. And Ben, you messaged me this week uh, a pay-per-view that you wanted to review. Yes. So I picked Elimination Chamber 2013. And um, I realized something very shortly after this. So went off the air that, that, that I found very interesting, and I'll get into that in just a minute. Um, so um, there were two uh, major matches that really caught my attention, and um, ironically, they had nothing to do with the Elimination Chamber structure itself. For the, the two matches... Hi, baby. Hello, Charlie. What's up, man? We have a run-in on the show. You have a run-in, yes. You have the run-in I've ever seen. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> sorry, folks. It's my dog. You know, give, give me a break. I love my baby. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> oh, he just woke up from his nap to say hello. Very nice. Um, but anyway, so there were, there were two matches that really caught my attention. The first one was um, was the Shield versus. Ryback, Sheamus, and John Cena, uh, which, which coincidentally was um, was only the Shield's second match in WWE, 
And then the other one was CM Punk versus The Rock for the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, let me. Okay, you're you're in my way. Of course, you're in my way. I'm trying to record you. Yeah, I love you. But um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, but. And the the other thing that I found interesting before we get into the to the deeper review is I was I was very impressed with the uh, elimination chamber match, but it ended up being the most useless elimination chamber match in history. Not the worst one, but the most useless. And I'll tell you why in just a minute uh, when we get to that point in the review. All right. Um, so. Here we go. First of all, the Elimination Chamber aired on February 17, 2013 from the New Orleans Arena, now renamed the Smoothie King Center. Where did they get these names from? <laughs> Good God. I see, well, that's, like, uh, that's like here with the Air Canada Center, they renamed it the Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> that's funny. Why? That's cool. Like, what was wrong with the Air Canada Center? I... Well, it's all about the money. Seriously. Whatever. All right, so we had one match on the pre-show. We had tons of fun. Tensai and Brodus Clay defeating Team Rhodes Scholars, Cody Rhodes and Damian Sandow. Oh, God. (laughs) If If that doesn't remind you that this show is a throwback, I don't know what is. And Ben, it's funny that you should say that you should pick uh, this show because next year will be 10 years since this show aired, since this show took place. Absolutely. God, it makes me feel old. (laughs) Jesus Christ. So we open up with the World Heavyweight Championship match, Alberto Del Rio defeating the Big Show by submission. Well, and, and I, this was a very good match, but I have one major, major problem with it. Okay? The, pers- the person in the match. <laughs> well, well aside, aside from the fact that Alberto Del Rio is an asshole. Yeah. Uh, did, well, and, and I should say, in fairness, the charges against him were dropped, the most recent ones. Alright. So... It still doesn't change the way the way I feel. But go well, on. <laughs> anyway, we're in, we're here to discuss in ring product. Yeah. So, so they were um they were really harping on the fact that the big show hadn't um or uh, I'm sorry Del Rio hadn't pinned the big show yet. That was the big selling point going into the match. You know, when you when you uh, told me that you wanted to do this show and I saw that this was the first match, I thought this was the one where um, he tied Big Show's legs and I tripped and uh, won the match uh, because Show couldn't, uh, couldn't move. But then I'm like, oh wait, that, was, that must have been the Royal Rumble. Either, either that or a preceding episode of SmackDown, one of the two. Yeah, but <clears throat> yeah, yeah uh, this was an okay matchup. You know what I found weird? Yeah. That first he was feel Alberto Del Rio was feeding with Jack Swagger, who was managed by Zeb Coulter, and then later on he's uh, Del Rio himself was managed by Zeb Coulter during this he, time. 
Yes, well, I I think I I think I know the reason why that happened, which kind of oh. ties into what I'm going to talk about a little bit later on. Okay. But after all the time they spent um, going over the fact that Sho hadn't pinned or Del Rio hadn't pinned the Big Show, if I could get that right the first time, one time in this show, I'd be happy. Um, <clears throat> but after all that, the show ended with. Um, Del Rio hitting the cross arm breaker submission on the Big Show. So what was the point of Harvey on the fact that that he that Del Rio hadn't pinned him if you're just gonna have him submit? Like, am I missing something there? But um, but uh, I just um, so I I don't know. It, it was it was a decent match. Don't get me wrong, but. When when something is such a big selling point, and then they don't follow through, which is I got a problem. Um, and then the the next match was Antonio Cesaro. God damn, that really is a throwback. He used to, he used to have a first and last name, folks. Believe it or not, um, versus the Miz. Yes, because WWE doesn't believe that their fan base is capable. of capable of pronouncing more than three syllables at once. Wow. Um, Antonio Cesaro versus The Miz. Wow. Like, I, I, I even forgot that this was a match. I didn't even remember, I don't even remember well, this it, taking place. It, it, it was useless. Well, it was absolutely useless. I don't even remember this match taking place. When well, you don't this. have to remember it because it sucked. Moving into something that didn't suck was the Elimination Chamber match to determine the number one contender for the World Heavyweight title, a.k.a. who's going to face who's going to face Del Rio at WrestleMania because he retained against the Big Joe earlier in the evening. So we have uh, Daniel Bryan, Chris Jericho, Randy Orton, Mark Henry, Kane, and Jack Swagger. And in case you guys need a refresher course ahead of the um, ahead of the upcoming Elimination Chamber match in Saudi, have I mentioned that? I hate Saudi Arabia so much. This WWE deal, blood money, I hate it. Um, which is, I'm kind of happy you semi talking out of covering it. Because um, I was going to cover it in detail because it's on the road to WrestleMania. Usually it's in October, but Elio came to my rescue and said, let's do quick results. That way we cover our uh, our respective asses in terms of commitments to WrestleMania. Thank you. I really don't want to talk about the uh, Saudi show, so thank you. Thumbs up, Mick Foley style, baby. I love it. <laughs> Saturday night party. Um, but, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so in case you need a refresher course, as I said, uh, the Elimination Chamber match starts out with two men as a, a regular match, and then, um, there are four men placed in the pods, and, with, and one opens randomly every four minutes, according to what I'm looking at. Sometimes it seems longer, sometimes it seems shorter, but we're going with... I was thinking, you know, it was interesting... Yeah, seeing Chris Jericho uh, uh, face off with a Jack Swagger. 
Yes, I I, <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that myself. It's just, uh, you know, who would who would have thunk nine years later that this is where we are? But it's pretty cool. And oh, and uh, Jack Jack Swagger started in FCW wrestling as Jake Hager. Absolutely, and I actually, you know what? I actually like Jake Hager more than Jack Swagger. Much more. And by the way, I think uh, FCW. I don't know. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I caught a couple of episodes, but if you want to like take a look, they have episodes on YouTube. I think. Yeah, I, I, I caught I caught one or two, and I think that was it. Um, what do you think well, of What do you think of that though? Well, you know, it, it was a different time, different system. No, I know. I'm saying, what would you think of FCW? Like, it's a show. I liked it. That was different. It it was it was definitely different. Um, I like I like it more than the original NXT format. Like before, Mm. you know, before it turned into the NXT Black and Gold. Like you know, know, the the original was terrible because I remember in 2010 I was I was watching it every Tuesday night on uh, online. I would uh, go on YouTube or whatever and watch it. Right. I mean, like. The fact that the Miz was was Daniel Bryan's teacher, <laughs> right? And, like, yeah. and, and then they turned that into a storyline. Because it's like anyone with half a brain that's a wrestling fan understands that Daniel Bryan has so much more experience at this point in time than the Miz. It's not even yep. funny. Shut the fuck up. With this teacher mentor bullshit. I mean, freaking uh, Miz was on the real world while Daniel Bryan was in ROH. Exactly. And I didn't have a problem with the real world. I was actually a fan of the real world growing up. But nowadays, reality TV sucks. This is off topic, but I have to ask for my own, uh, like, because I've always heard about what is the real world. Like, if you can, like, briefly describe what the real world is. Seven, seven people live in a house, you know, and they, and they party and do stupid shit on MTV and the cameras are rolling, they, the people have sex in the hot tub and, you know, cause all sorts of ruckus with all sorts of uh, adolescent arguments, but they're in their 20s and 30s. And is there a point, like, is there, like, an end to this show, like... Well, yeah, because at, at the end of the season, they, uh, you know, they move out of the house, and, you know, that that's it. And then, you know, now that they're not doing the real world anymore, they do this, these shows again and again called The, the Challenge. No, I'm saying, like, is there, like, a winner, or they just move out of the house no. forever? No, it's just it's just a it's just a reality show with people doing stupid shit. So basically, uh, it's a big bro- it's it's a useless version of Big Brother. Well, it's like a it's like an adolescent version of Big Brother. Yes. Well, oh, because I say I say that because Big Brother at least there's a at the end of the season there's a winner, but where real world there is none. The, the, the winners on the real world are the ones that didn't come out pregnant or with an STD. <laughs> okay. Well, that was that for a description. All right. Um, 
but getting wheel we really veering off the road. Well, that was my uh, problem because I just I had to know. I always hear about the real world. I'm like, what the? What is this the real world? Because we never used to get it up here. Because we, yeah, well, I, 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 we never, I, I, we never used to have on. them on TV. Oh, hold on, I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you a clip. Hold on, um, but, um, but the thing that that caught my attention about the, um, about this particular chamber match was, yeah, was it a good match? Absolutely, I would absolutely recommend you go back and check it out. Wait, is this the one that you said was a useless chamber match? Yes, because. Mm-hmm. Jack Swagger won the match, so he go he gets to go on to um to WrestleMania to face um Alberta Alberta Del Rio for the World Heavyweight Title, right? Wait, that that was one of the matches that took place at Mania, right? No, no, Fuck because five, see, see how memorable WrestleMania twenty nine was because. Well, actually, part of it was because that was the, that was the second round of the. Of the epic clash between The Rock and John Cena. Um, okay, but, no, uh, like that's the only thing I remember. I'm saying, see how memorable these WrestleManias are uh, be became after. Well, like you don't even remember like half the matches. Well, yeah. Well, WrestleMania has fallen a long way since since our youthful days, my friend. Yeah. But anyway, the reason I say that it wasn't memorable was because. That match never happened um, because Jack Swagger got arrested for marijuana use. Um, he got pulled over for drunk driving and marijuana. And so he, he lost out on like a $250,000 payday um, because he wanted to smoke some weed. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am straight edge, yes. Having said that, I have no problem with people smoking weed. I, trust me, a lot, a lot of my friends do. I don't have one single goddamn problem. However, I'm going to pull a Stephen A. Smith. Fair warning. When you are making so much money in a, in a, in a promotion or a league, in this case WWE, and you have $250,000 on the line because you're, you're in one of the main events of the biggest fucking show of the year. Stay off the damn weed! Stay off of the damn shit. You know, I get to see a joint that's worth $250,000 unless it's rolled by Snoop Dogg or his personal joint roll. P-N-C-P-S-A. Exactly. So, don't let the weed cost you $250,000. I think that was an expensive lesson for Mr. Jack Swagger. Um, and then, uh... Hold on. So, you know, before I get off on an epic rant, it's just like, stay off the weed when you got so much money online. Shut the fuck up. You know, the, 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 you know, buy a house, get financial security, you know, get a girlfriend. You don't need to smoke weed when there's when there's thousands upon thousands of dollars on the line. Get a grip. That's where my issue with weed comes in. But any, but anyway, uh, getting back to our wrestling pay per view because I don't feel like being on a soapbox this evening. Um, 
if I could, if I could pull it back up. Um, so we have uh, the oh god, now I gotta scroll through all these eliminations. We don't care. We, we don't we, care. The match was irrelevant. No, okay. We, we had um that the match that we uh, initially uh um started with the, the talking about the Shields match with uh, John against John Cena right back in Sheamus. This match wasn't great, I would no. say. Um, you know, it was it was early. You know, you it was early in the Shield run. Like I said, they're only their second match on WWE TV period or pay per view, whatever. Mm-hmm. The, the, but the second overall match, they they look young as fuck. They they I mean they made me feel like an old man. I'm younger than them. I mean, for God's sake, they made me feel old, and I'm younger than they are. How? What does that tell you? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've been watching wrestling too long. But you know, it, it was a good um, early precursor to uh, to what we would get in the dominant in the dominant Shield run. Now, uh, now, forgive me because from a storyline perspective, I'm, I was a little bit rusty from 2013 business. But it was a little bit random to see John Cena, Sheamus, and Ryback together. Right? What an odd team. I was a little bit, um, I was a little bit confused as as to how we uh, we drew numbers to get to that pairing. I mean, I mean that that team uh, like that pairing does. That made made no sense. Like, what did they have to do? Either have them have to do with Shield? Maybe a John Cena, I get. Um, but yeah, <laughs> right back in Sheamus. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, speaking of uh, given given these names that I'm about to say, I'm surprised that the match was this bad. But this was definitely. A low point of the evening. Oh. We, had, we had Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler, and Dolph Ziggler came to the ring with AJ Lee and Biggie Langston. You know the guy that should still be WWE champion but got screwed. I'm going to yeah. tell you something. Fuck the end of this match. Biggie Lee beat down on Kofi. The man destroyed Kofi Kingston. Yeah, that and that made me laugh. That, I'm like, that, like, wow, because it's like where we are today. <laughs> that really, that, I mean, that really made me laugh. I was honest to God. That's, yeah, the, that, 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 that's the biggie that we need, not this um, that we have. Exactly. See? And then, and then I, I had to walk away from, well, roll away from my TV because walking is difficult. Um, but, um, we had a backstage segment that was just so terrible. Oh, wait, which one was this? So check this out. We have Brodus Clay, Cameron and Naomi, the Funkadactyls. I missed this one. Okay, go on. Pl- playing with WWE Power Slammers. Oh. Remember those? Just stop. So, so then Tenzai showed up with, with the Japanese... Uh, Tattoo with the fake Japanese tattoos on his face. Now I have a question. When when did uh, the hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Uh, Alright, go on. 
I have a, I have a feeling I'm about to answer your question. Right. So, so the guys in the back were, were like, "What? What are the words on your face mean?" Because Clay was calling him Sweet Tea. Brodus Clay was calling Lord Tensai, a.k.a. A-Train, a.k.a. Matt Bloom, Sweet Tea. Oh, my God, kill me now. And then he proceeded to ask him, what are those What are those marks on your face? What do they mean? And Tensai, who I understand this is a character, but this is the guy that we're supposed to believe has this tattooed on his face. He says... They're either Japanese words of honor, but with Vilox, there is probably a, a, Chinese, a Japanese menu. Like, what the fuck? See, see and as a, as a tattoo person, I'm going to offer you a second PNC exclusive PSA. Please do research before you get tattoos. Oh, oh, and if you don't speak the language... Don't get the tattoo, you son of a bitch! <laughs> but, uh, okay, you didn't answer my question, because uh, my question was going to be, when did this guy ever turn face? Like, how did that happen? I don't know. Because he came in as a heel, as uh, this, uh, he was supposed to be this scary heel. Well, you know, we, we both know that Ward Tensai was a massive sling and a mess for WWE. Speaking yeah. of a massive sling and a mess... The next match on the card, Caitlyn versus Tamina Snuka. That's so bad. Has anyone had a more useless career in WWE than Tamina Snuka? And I don't mean I don't mean that to be an asshole, but can somebody explain to me? I mean, she's only had one title reign. You know, uh, Jesus Christ. Moving on, we have. We had The Rock versus CM Punk, and this was the match that I really wanted to see. Oh, yeah, I have a question. CM Punk, uh, was this where uh, they both had a championship? Uh, They they both had a championship each. Like, The Rock had the the real heavyweight championship, but Punk was saying he was... Well, I didn't see two belts. What what, what ended up happening was... um, CM Punk came out with the belt, but then they were, they were, they, the commentary was saying that he stole it from The Rock. And oh, he's not, okay, that, that's what confused me. Cause I'm like, he's not I, the actual champion, so I don't, I could be wrong, but I don't remember seeing The Rock come out with the title. Okay, because that, that's, what, that's what confused me. I'm like, wait, Punk's not champion. The Rock was. Yeah. Um, so, um... You know, this was this was a good match. I mean, how can you not have fun with these two guys, The Rock and CM Punk? Um, you know, and and I would, and I know that The Rock was facing John Cena at that WrestleMania, and then CM Punk went on to face, uh, went on to face The Undertaker. But uh, you know, I would I would have liked to have seen if if things had worked out differently between um, CM Punk and uh, WWE, which obviously we know how that turned out. Um, but I, I would have liked to see The Rock and CM Punk run this back for another for another go on the feud because I I really did enjoy that feud. I, I found I found the segments with uh, with The Rock and and. 
and Vicky Guerrero backstage trying to, trying to get past Vicky Guerrero on security. Very entertaining. Um, but overall, um, pretty decent show. I would I would give it a B minus. Um, you know, I think there were three matches that given, one given how everything turned out, but but two actually on the card uh, that didn't need to be there. But I would say give it a six point five to a seven. This was pretty decent. Yeah, it wasn't bad. You can you can tell that this was 2013 because a lot of these matches I don't even remember. Like like I said, that's Cesaro Miz match. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how that uh, one came about. But all right, so that is it for Ben's homework. Uh, you're gonna message me off here about what you want next week, right? Yeah, I'll do some research, and um, should, should we do, an, since it's still the lead-up to Elimination Chamber, um, um, do you want to do, do you want to do the show on Friday, since Saturday is Elimination Chamber, and we'll do it, we'll do it. Uh, I, I, I can't do it on Friday. Okay, well, um, we'll do, we're, we're, do, we're doing POV on Friday night. Okay, well then, do you want to do um, do you want to do the show after the pay per view? Because I can do that too. Pay per views on at twelve p.m. We like we can do that night. Pay per views on not on at night. Oh no! I, well, I know, but I'm just saying it, since it's on since it's on Saturday and it's running early. Do you want to do the show at the regular time, and then that will be the pay per view review? Oh yeah, you know what? Oh, yeah, instead of Tuesday Saturday, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, since it, since as you yeah, just yeah, said, no, yeah, we'll get it's out airing of, at noon. Yeah, we'll get it out of the way. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, I love it. I love it when a good plan comes together, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Uh, Hashtag the eighteen, nineteen eighty three. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, you you are one you are one entertaining jolly son of a bitch for a killer. <laughs> Um, but, uh, let's move on to some of the fun stuff, that being, uh, Time Warp, and of course, the bane of my existence, the bane of my existence nowadays, Wrestling Roulette. (laughs) But, but in my defense, Elio, even though I lost to, to you, eventually, in our very back and forth battle over on Wrestling POV, um... Why did you say I redeemed myself last week? Yes, sir. You did well. Very very good. Yay! Small victories, ladies and gentlemen. Small victories. Alright, so now we're going to move on to Time Warp. Absolutely. First, because I want to get this one out of the way. We are going back to July 24th, 1988 from Memphis Wrestling. And as I told you off the air, I was um, I was barely a month old at this point. Alright, and on this show there were five matches. In the first one we had Robert Fuller, Brickhouse Brown, and Senshi defeating Max Payne, Sean Baxter, and Scott Steiner. Did you say Sen Senshi? Senshi, not the... Yeah, yes, why? 
Yeah, well, obviously it wouldn't be that guy, but some, somebody should have sued uh, Caval for copyright infringement. <laughs> In the second match, we had Jeff Jarrett defeating Randy Foster. Who's Randy Foster? Then we have Billy Travis defeating Gary Young. Ben, now look. Oh this, God! This next one, I cannot make it up. I'm looking at, I'm literally looking at this right here on my phone. Okay, why keep on my notes? The Karate Kid defeated Downtown Bruno. Oh God! Yeah, this was definitely the '80s, folks. The Karate Kid, Ben. Yeah, speaking of copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they need to go back to, to 1984 and pay uh, Mr. Miyagi and Ralph Macchio some money. That's just my thought. And in the main event, we had Phil Hickerson defeating Tommy Gilbert. Good lord, that was the main event? That was the main event. There were like, there were like upwards of like five matches. A lot of these are segments and interviews throughout the show. Oh, well, that makes sense. So, and uh, now from there, we are going to go back even further to Championship Wrestling from Florida for November 20th, 1985. Are you ready? Good Lord. You you are really pressing reverse in the DeLorean time, aren't you? (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) We we had it we had it in the garage for a few weeks, ladies and gentlemen. He really decided to dust this son of a bitch off. Well, I, I, that's why I said we're gonna let it refuel. Well played, sir. Carry yeah. on. It, it needs the plutonium to, <laughs> to operate. Exactly. All right, here we go. Six are going now. 
Well, I'll tell you, Jack Horton, he can duke it out with just about anybody. You know, the man has proved himself many times. Big high-flying elbow coming off the ropes. Another. There's Kendall Winnem dropping that elbow, and it could be all over. Kendall Winnem getting the pinfall. Kendall Winnem getting the pinfall. Over the combination of uh, Dino Manelli and uh, Jack Hart. And so a well-deserved victory. Uh, Barry and Kendall have been... Uh, well cleaning house since arriving uh, back here in Florida. Of course, I know that uh, Kendall is still bearing the scars of that fire thrown by uh, one Kevin Sullivan. Well, you know, there's been a lot of things happening since I came back. There's one incident I'd like to bring up in just a minute. Kevin Sullivan and his gang, as you may call them, are still running rampant. But there's going to come a time very short when Sullivan's reign, as you may call it, is going to hit situation regarding that uh, bull rope match and I'll tell you what if we can roll uh, that piece of video right now Barry I'll let you explain the situation we're going right here this was about probably 10 or 15 minutes into the match it had been a hard match I was laid open on my nose and above my eye and uh, Kevin Sullivan had the better of me right here now that, that cowbell could be used for any purpose at all well that's right that's the whole purpose of these matches uh, Wahoo does have the most devastating chop in the professional wrestling uh, profession. 
this man, like I said earlier, he is tough. He can take that punishment. It's hard to stop a man like Wilder. Well, he just, uh, the beautiful chop you're talking about him, that was a good example of it coming off the ropes. Luger was able to uh, overcome it, however, and uh, now caught him with a lariat coming off the ropes. see the congratulations being uh, issued, but uh, well, I'll tell you what, we've got a new Southern Heavyweight Champion, that's all there is to it, in uh, Lex Luger. Kevin I wanted to take just a couple of moments, uh, I feel in all fairness to Kevin Sullivan to ask him, because yeah. in oh, my no. opinion, you go. uh, you're going to be facing you the, this guy, uh, the way his Out of hand. 
matches, one fall with a 10-minute time limit. Introducing first from West Jefferson, Alabama. He weighs 265 pounds. Here's Ken Glover and his opponent from Parts Unknown, weighing in at 269 pounds, the Purple Haze. One fall with a 10-minute time limit. Yeah, another promo coming up. I've invited Peggy Lee Pringle to join us here at the desk. Peggy Lee Pringle. She has been sidelined. I must oh, say that things for the Pringle dynasty have not been going too well. I understand that, uh, uh, of course, we all know uh, Percy is uh, uh, taking care of Mr. Rood out in Texas. Your mother and uh, Jack Hart have broken up, and now you've got uh, a bad ankle. Okay. I include this just so you can hear what I call that this at, in this time period sounded like. Contract with a rematch and that contract 
I know of no contract for a rematch. As far as I'm concerned, I decide who I wrestle, when, and where. Mm -hmm. If we may, I'd like to take a quick look here we go at the, the main event. where you defeated. Ladies and gentlemen, this match is for television time remaining. Introducing first from Panama City, Florida, winging at 212 pounds, here's Jim Backlund. And his opponent hails from Havana, Cuba, weighs in at 254 pounds. Here he is, the Cuban assassin. One ball with a 10 minute time limit. Back one now. Keeping the arm bar now on the Cuban assassin. See, this arm bar is not a submission hold. This is a punching hold designed to wear down that left arm of the Cuban assassin. said suplay yeah that i don't know but apparently that's the original way of saying suplex oh that's funny <laughs> like that's uh the original um uh way to say that word suplex it's apparently called suplay i don't know yeah well that, that's funny at the very least <laughs> all right ben that was uh, another episode of time warp November 20, 1985, Championship Wrestling from Florida. And I believe next week uh, we're going back to 1983 for an episode of Mid-South. Yes. And on that episode we're going to see Mr. Wrestling 2. We're going to look at take a look at Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw, Jim Duggan, and a whole lot more. What do you see bring the show to a close? Yes, sir. All right, so... That is it, another edition of the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm Elio, he's Ben. Ben, say goodnight to the fans. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for joining us. Colossal, we come these renegades.